This episode of the Cold Popcher Podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Hey everyone, and welcome along to Film Franchise Fortnite on the Cult Popshire podcast. Uh, this is, of course, our show where once a fortnight we cover a different film franchise. And Richard, I'm AJ. Uh, AJ, I'm Richard. And you're going to America tomorrow. And you're coming. So we thought we'd combine our two <laughs> nightly activities um, to do the Coming to America franchise because that's what we're doing this week. There's two films, Coming to America and Coming to America, uh, one in 1988 and one in, in 2021. Um, these, you know, these classic Eddie Murphy raunchy comedies. Um, because you're going to America, we, well, when I went to the UK earlier in this this year, we did the airplane series, mm. and similarly, though this one was was this one voted? No, I think they're both voted on by yeah, Patreon. Were, yeah. um, we're doing the 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 thing you're doing, yeah. coming to America. Yeah, from, from the Americans' point of view. Yep, yep. So I can't believe I fly the tomorrow. first tomorrow. That's insane. I'm so excited for you. Are you going to see Eddie Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> I might not be able to recognize him. He might be he might be an old Jewish man. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is of the like Eddie Murphy dresses up as different characters. This is the first one actually. Yes, yeah, the first one, yeah. Where he where he dresses up as different characters. The first one, coming to America in nineteen eighty eight, this was directed by John Landis. Yep. More like John Landis John La- helicopter on Vic Mara and two kids. Yeah. Um, what do you think it has on Ron Tomatoes, the movie, not the helicopter incident from the Twilight Zone? Um, I'm going to say like 74. 73%, so Ooh. very close. What is Coming to America about? Set the scene. Coming to America is about a prince of a fictional nation, uh, African nation, Zamunda, who travels to the US in order to find uh, a bride because he's got this arranged these arranged marriages you know his parents are planning for him and these women are all just trained from birth to please the to please him and so he wants someone who will love him for him so he goes to america he goes to queens and there's a lot of fish out of water comedy that you know this this royalty um very distinguished gentleman is now being put with you know the uh the 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 human trash of new york <laughs> and yeah so he gets a job at a fast food restaurant called mcdowell's which we'll come back to mm. and yeah the, the, he meets various characters some of whom are played by him he has his uh, semi uh, played by our senior hall with him and some characters look a lot like him as well and, and it's funny because this is actually the second franchise in a row which either stars Arsenio Hall or was going to star Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall was going to be in Bad Boys mm. but turned it down and would later call it the greatest regret of his career. And I didn't mention that on the Bad Boys episode. Then got Coming to America the next week 
And that is the greatest regret of my career, is not mentioning it on the Bad wow. Boys episode. Anyway, yeah, he finds the, the daughter of Mr. McDowell is... Mm. Um, yeah, Which they, in they, a lot they, of ways they... is still a princess, an American princess, mm. a CEO's daughter. An American princess in London. Oh. Mm. Calm down, continue the franchise, not for another 45 minutes. It's <laughs> uh, very generous estimation there. But the... <laughs> yeah, so he... Yeah, they get married and, and you know, things things go right. Mm, yes. Yeah. What did you think of this movie? I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. You know, the, the, these kind yeah. of movies have a reputation and there was a certain reverence for this film that I wasn't aware of, but I'd, I'd seen things that I assumed were references to it in the past and when coming to America was announced, you know, that was like a, a long gestating sequel. And yeah, so to, to go back and watch this film, I thought I was going to say, especially, you know, having, having, have you ever watched, um, uh, Eddie Murphy's up like raw? No. Most homophobic shit you'll ever see. Like it's mm. really, really dark. And you know, this is still considered to this day to be one of the greatest stand-up specials of all time. There's, there's two, there's, there's raw and then there's one other one, but, um, where he's wearing the, like the red, like leather tracksuit and, it's just like i mean i can't even say the jokes on it to explain how <laughs> bad they are but we we watched it one time um me and uh our, my, our mutual friend and friend of the podcast david Correos, and it was one of the i think we turned it off after like five or ten minutes and yeah delirious is the other one delirious and raw um and, and they mm-hmm. got like theatrical releases i think delirious is the one i'm talking about right um, and so I was like, you know, Eddie Murphy at that time, probably not going to love this film, but then yeah, I watched it. And while a lot of it is that sort of very dated late eighties observational humor, I, I think I was kind of taken with like how, how nice and how heartfelt the movie is that like one of those things of it's, it's nice to watch a film about a relentless optimist, like that yeah, right. it's, it's quite a good trope of the relentless optimist placed in a shitty situation or surrounded by shitty people and never losing his optimism like um ted lasso is a great example of this as well but yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a fun plot line interestingly i thought this was just miserably long (laughs) it's Mm. two hours long i watched it in two two parts because i was just like I couldn't handle. I went out of the room. I went to. I paused to go to the toilet. I came back. My flatmate had started playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I was just like, "You just go for it, man." Like I'll watch it, the rest of it later because mm. I cannot handle keep watching this. I thought it was serviceable. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I don't um, know. I didn't what, say I liked it. You said you did. You said you messaged me earlier today and said I quite liked them. Yeah, well, a lot of people messaged yeah, well, and stuff. We all say things we regret. <laughs> That messaging you that, that's the biggest regret of my career. <laughs> I didn't, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I thought the performances were were pretty top notch. Yeah. Um, and I thought the makeup that went into Eddie Murphy playing an mm. old Jewish man, his name's Saul, incredible. 
yeah. mind blowing that that's Eddie Murphy dressed up as a white man. It's the mm. best version of that I've ever seen. Have you ever seen the SNL sketch where Eddie Murphy does whiteface? Yes, I have. It's yeah. like it's doesn't look as good as this. Yeah, yeah, like that's the joke though. Like it's considered one of the all time great SNL sketches. And I think it was one of the first like what they would now call like a digital short where it was like right. filmed in advance, not a live sketch. But yeah, it's Eddie Murphy right. going undercover as a white person to see yeah, yeah. what life is like. And like he goes to the bank and they're like. Just take the money. It's fine. Um, according to John Landis, uh, it was his idea to have Eddie Murphy wear makeup to play a Jewish man as sort of a payback for Jewish comedians wearing blackface in the early 1900s. Nice. So it's the, a good, so good that's idea. Racism was gone. Yeah. Yeah, it was gone in 1988. Um, interestingly, though, the, the production of this film was quite tumultuous. So you're aware of this. You're aware yeah. there is bad blood. Um, because Eddie Murphy and John Landis apparently had quite a few clashes despite having worked together before on Trading Places, um, which we'll get to later, uh, and Murphy being one, the one to hire Landis in the first place. Murphy wrote the film. Murphy's the creator of Coming to America, hired John Landis to to direct it. Um, Landis has this to say on the, the feud. He said, The guy on Trading Places was young and full of energy and curious and funny and fresh and great the guy on coming to america was the pig of the world (laughs) (laughs) but i still think he's wonderful in the movie uh murphy not necessarily replying to that statement but i think asked in an interview about the bad blood said we had a tussling confrontation we didn't come to blows personalities didn't mesh he directed me in trading places when i was just starting out as a kid but he was still treating me like a kid five years later during coming to america and i hired him to direct the movie i was going to direct coming to america myself but i knew landis had just done three fucked up pictures in a row and that his career was hanging by a thread after the twilight zone trial which is interesting to hear that even being acknowledged by yeah. some Hollywood. Um, I figured the guy was nice to me when I did trading places, so I'd give him a shot. I was going out of my way to help this guy, and he fucked me over. Now he's got a hit picture on his resume, a movie that made over two hundred million, as opposed to him coming off a couple of fucked up movies, which is where I'd rather see him be right now. Jesus, that's so good. <laughs> this seems this seems irreparable. But they did later reunite for Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> 3, um, which I thought was really interesting that John Landis directed Beverly Hill Cops 3, mm. the third one. Didn't direct the first two. Yeah. You know? And then, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's that's another one that's got a um, uh, a long gestating sequel to come. Because the third one's the most right. recent. There's a fourth one, right? No, there isn't. The third one's the last one. Yeah, yeah, but the fourth one. Sorry, the the long gestating one. Yeah. Oh, right, right. right. In fact, I think it was the Bad Boys directors were hired. The the um, Arby and Fala, Uh, but they they were hired to direct Beverly Hills Cop Four, but they left it because they wanted to focus on their upcoming film, Batgirl. Redacted. Um, (laughs) I've got the uh, just just for the record, I've just looked up the. Uh, John Landis's last three films before they were Amazon Woman in the on the Moon, Three Amigos, and Spies Like Us. Three, he's dissing Three Amigos. Interesting. Yeah. I would have thought that was. But then, oh, Amazon Woman on the Moon is like a. Um, he directed some segments of it, so he might be referring to Three Amigos into the Night and Spies Like Us. All right. And then uh, Twilight I've Zone got, I've, before I've that. got. I've got a story for you about humorist and columnist Art Art Butchwald Buckwald. Oh, yes. You ever met a humorist? You ever watched the work of a humorist? 
they sort of stand there in like cocktail dive bars with like their c- cigar and they just sort of say mildly entertaining jokes. Oh, yeah. uh, um, he sued Paramount Pictures uh, upon the release of this movie, alleging that they stole his script idea and turned it into this movie. Guess what happened? What? He won. Wow. Like his, his, I feel like that happens a lot less common than the other. Um, <laughs> he was awarded damages and um, it was settled out of court for what's believed to be $900,000. I think that's really interesting because the 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 league that he had to stand on was uh the the script had been given to john landis i think who was attached at some point um but eddie murphy apparently wrote the film so like maybe it's just an unfortunate like crosshairs Mm. of or maybe john landis much like landing a plane landing a helicopter on two people on three people maybe he he's just a skeevy dude yeah no reason to like john landis Yeah, neither. I mean, I don't love any of his films that I'm aware of. Mm, what are some John Landis films? Oh, what aren't some John Landis films? Uh, oh, what, God, Ameri- the motherfucker can't be stopped. <laughs> he did American Werewolf in London, Blues Brothers, Animal, oh, Blues Brothers, Animal at House. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I always thought he had a lot more, like, good ones. Oh, he did uh, 1998. He was executive producer on uh, The Lost World, 1998, which is an unrelated film. Did you say he's done... You thought he'd done more than what he has done. Yeah. Because I've just opened up films directed by John Landis. There are 30 films listed. Yeah, no, but it's it's like, I I don't know. I, I think I'm probably just thinking of John Hughes, to be honest. Like, mm. I thought that, you know, that John Landis had like a... a I, I thought I was going to look at this and go, oh, of course he did, you know, this one. But yeah, these right. are all like, oh, yeah, 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 that's him. God, these movies suck. <laughs> His most recent film is uh, Burke and Hare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of sues and suing, guess what fictional company was sued in this as well? <laughs> McDowell's. McDowell's. So, a very oblique parody yeah. of McDonald's. And I just want to say... Too close for comfort, to be honest. In my so, I, I actually I messaged you like about a year maybe two years ago saying i decided on a new favorite trope and it was uh lampshading xp coexistence and so xp is like as the trope name or, or mr ersatz is the other one that it's like the name of the trope for i call it to tv tropes for the like fictional world that like of the film version of the thing that we all know like yeah it's a, it's it's like a classic you see in films all the time where they're like oh this thing you know mcdowell's mcdonald's um but my one of my favorite tropes is when they acknowledge that the thing actually exists in that universe as well there's an example in a new girl when they there's like the dating app episode and they i can't remember the name of the the app but it rhymes with tinder and they're describing, oh, yeah, there's this new app where it's like this. And then they explain it. And then someone says, oh, that just sounds like Tinder. And it's like, you know, that you think that they're ex- that they're new mm. to the concept. And then there's, or in The Simpsons, when they see a photo of Lucius Sweet. And it's like, wow, he's exactly as famous and rich as Don King. And he looks just like him, too. And it's like, <laughs> but then, yeah, in this one, that he goes to McDowell's restaurant and then he keeps on going on about how McDonald's is real pissed off because they're so similar. And he keeps on just pointing out the like uh, minutia 
of the differences the, the it, superficial differences which make it essentially the same yeah he's like product. they've got the the golden arches and he's got what what are these what does he call them the uh, the golden arcs yeah and then he says like you know he has the big mac they have the big mac i've got the big mick it's and yeah. we they both have two all beef patties pickles lettuce um spe- uh, special sauce on a bun but here's the thing this has seeds we don't have seeds and then at the start of the second film when he arrives in america again there's a a billboard for mcdonald's big mac and it has an arrow pointing to the bun that says with seeds (laughs) (laughs) i did notice the sign but i didn't i didn't get what the joke was that's that's hilarious um no apparently so they actually just built a mcdowell's restaurant it actually looks kind of fake in the movie it looks like it's like superimposed yeah, into I, the scene i was I, I tried to look up confirmation because i i remember hearing about like oh they actually built or like some mcdonald's as a promotion converted to mcdowell's for the release of the film or the second film oh i, I didn't i didn't see that i i, I, I might have imagined it like <laughs> i couldn't find a record either, either what i can tell you though is that the owner of a nearby mcdonald's because you know you can like franchise them yeah, yeah. for your own so the owner of a McDonald's saw this being built, didn't know it was for a film set, and went in there and threatened to sue them for all they were worth until they were like, this is a parody, we're not <laughs> actually selling food. Um, so yeah. Shocking, shockingly, we're already at the end of talking about the first film. <laughs> but before we move on, I would like to ask you, French-wise, mm. why do you think that a sequel to this sort of unassuming uh eddie murphy comedy was made like 33 years later do you know i don't not really (laughs) according to imdb eddie murphy said that the sequel came out after attempts to turn the first film into a play fell through which Mm. is also a strange idea yeah i I, I believe there was also a tv pilot filmed well we can we'll talk about that in a bit but the the he had a pitch meeting um, at some point with Ryan Coogler of uh, oh, uh, yes, Black Panther, Black Panther, and also a producer on Space Jam Two. Um, <laughs> and Murphy said, "This is so funny." Murphy said that although he didn't like Coogler's idea for a sequel, it got him thinking about developing his own storyline for a sequel. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Which is like, I don't like that idea, but I am going to. Yeah, yeah but now that I, idea. now that I think mm. about it. Mm. And it's it's such like so this is actually this is going to be a trilogy of film franchise four nights episodes of like comedies mm, bad boys is more maybe an action movie hmm. with a distant sequel in the series somewhere um and i think that's really interesting because next week should we tell them next oh, week yeah, we're yeah. doing <laughs> we're, we're doing well, next fortnight. fortnight we're doing anchorman um which uh can you need to consider that episode a prequel to these mm. previous two because we recorded it a couple weeks ago <laughs> yeah it's the arkham origins to um bad boys arkham asylum and coming to america's mm. arkham night arkham and if you want City. more information about prequels tune into last week's podcast absolutely um and I'm saying it's a prequel because now I'm going to sort of come to a conclusion from watching all three <laughs> franchises that won't make sense for me to say now because I should have said it on the on the next episode. I don't like like we not only have we watched um three distant sequels and and comedy franchises, we've watched three that aren't like 
particularly revolted against mm. um we've watched three which which kind of do very similar things with with their distant sequels mm. although i guess there's a there is a collection of tropes that would be natural to see in they have kids a distant sequel they have kids they're you know looking back at their life and that sort of thing mm. um but yeah so coming to america that's the number two uh, came out in 2021. It was directed by Craig Brewer. Do you know what he's done before? I recognize the name, but that might just be from the opening credits of uh, Coming to America. So most notably, he this was his follow-up to uh, Dolomite is my name. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, Eddie Murphy's sort of comeback, basically. Yeah. Um, which is a great film. That, the, yeah, yeah. Um, this did not fare as well with critics. I said it wasn't reviled, but it certainly wasn't celebrated either. Um, what do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? Uh, let's go like 48. 49. I just don't believe that you're not looking okay. at it. <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> See, the annoying put thing yourself is, in my like, shoes. Okay, the annoying thing is, I have cheated in the past. <laughs> I did not cheat at talking, all today. <laughs> I was talking to before to someone about how, like, I have cheated at Scrabble, and I don't know how to tell people, that, I don't know how to explain to people that that doesn't mean I will always cheat at Scrabble. Mm. I've only, well, I have words with friends, actually, yeah, not Scrabble, yeah. but, like, I have cheated, but that, that shouldn't mean you shouldn't trust me, because sometimes I won't want to cheat. Well, that's that's actually how I feel right now, that, like, <laughs> I think, like, both of those damn i'm actually really proud of myself for those <laughs> i think like i think if i was cheating i wouldn't go i would either get it exactly right or i wouldn't get it that close no maybe i would i don't know i would i didn't cheat <laughs> <laughs> what is uh coming to america about so now it's um on the page for dolomite is my name whoopsie <laughs> so uh this is yeah it's a distant sequel it turns out hilariously that when uh akeem went to america the first time that he um he, uh, was a victim of a a rape played for laughs yeah i think they call it in the industry yeah that um yeah character played by leslie jones uh you raped akeem and it's just it, the word rape isn't used in the films if you're wondering yeah it's 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 a it's it's a funny scene you know that like oh a guy, he she stole his virginity and that's so funny you know uh and then that kind, that's kind of the whole <laughs> like plot of the film is, is so it turns out he has he has a son because he has three daughters and zamunda but turns out he actually has a son that he didn't know about in America. And so he goes to be like, oh, cool, I've got an heir now. And then it's sort of the whole movie is the the struggle between his male heir and his one of his, his oldest daughter who feels entitled mm. to the throne. Or like, you know. Well, there's also external pressure from a new character played by oh, yeah. Wesley Snipes, who is the um, general of a of the warring nation of Nexdoria, um, which is the the nation next to Zamunda, <clears throat> um, and yeah, so that's sort of why he does it is because like there's still these old fashioned rituals that need to be fulfilled. Um, what did you think of coming to America again? I was like, it's it's not too bad. I think I was um, 
uh, you know, I liked how kind of nice it is, weirdly, but it's yeah, I, I, it's it's not horrible. I mean, the the whole plot being predicated on a wacky rape is pretty fucked up, uncomfortable, and in twenty twenty one as well. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I sorry, I just had a phone call. There was might have been a brief intermission. I can't remember what I was saying. So I where, the, where the um where the line will be. Uh, I think that I preferred this one. I think mm. um well maybe maybe I didn't prefer it. Maybe I appreciated the theme of like the struggle of a leader to abolish tradition. I think mm. that's a very compelling idea. You related to I'm that. An interesting. Well, I'm not, maybe not related to it in the sense that I've been in that position, but an interesting idea to take Akeem as a character like that 30 years on, he hasn't radically changed Zamunda at mm. all, despite that being kind of like what was expected of him. <clears throat> um, there's, yeah, I thought that the the idea basically is like, you know, because the big theme, the big part of the film is how like, why can't one of your daughters just rule after? And he's like, well, because it's tradition. And James Earl Jones, who plays um, his father in both films, he actually dies at the start of this one. And there's a, it's, you know, this whole thing about um, how he has to carry on his father's wishes, who wished for him to have a male heir. And I want to say that James Earl Jones is so funny in this movie, and <laughs> I've never seen him, like, be funny before. Like, he's on his deathbed, and he's trying to explain something, and, and Sammy says something, and he goes, oh, shut up, Sammy! <laughs> and it's just, like, it's just this disgruntled old old man is a very funny look for the, you know, voice of Darth Vader and Mufasa, mm. I think. Or CNN. Um, so, I really enjoyed that. Um, there's a really funny joke, I thought, in this movie. Probably the funniest joke in both films, which is where um, Akeem's son, what's his name? Uh, Lavelle. Where Lavelle is, before he finds out he's like the heir to Zamunda, he's doing a job interview, and the, the guy interviewing him is like is white and is asking it's a Colin bunch Jost. of like, sort of... All oh, right, right. He's asking a bunch of like unintentionally racist questions right um and and he eventually gets too much for for lavelle so he, he leaves after like telling him basically that he's real racist and he and he's like what well, you can't do that and he says he, as he's leaving he says i can't wait to see photos of you in blackface from the office party and the guy replies it was will smith from aladdin that had blue over the black and I, <laughs> I was like what a fantastic joke that is i thought that was, that was the funniest joke in both movies um Which really probably like improvised by colin jost yeah yeah it's, it has that has that because he says will smith as aladdin or something yeah. so, like he doesn't even describe the situation perfectly going on to the uh <laughs> the faults of this film though there's a part in the film where marambe who's one of uh, akeem's daughters tells laval no sorry it's it's laval's love interest is, is like groomer basically is his um his hairdresser um and she tells Laval about Akeem's antics from the first film and it serves as like a recap of the original but it also happens like 45 minutes into the movie <laughs> like it happens it happens to the point where like if you were going to do a recap we needed one by now yeah right like this is too late for a recap <laughs> so one thing we didn't talk about as well is that samuel jackson briefly appears in the first film as a um shoplifter uh, at mcdowell's um and murphy said for this one that if jackson had been available for a cameo because he wasn't he was busy doing a hundred thousand other things <laughs> um his character would again be featured robbing the mcdowell's restaurant which is like 
that'd be super interesting i think to have like, the same 30 years later the same robber is yeah. going out to the same place yeah i mean it's fu- yeah you just have fun with that kind of thing but there is another uh little cameo in the first film uh if you have information about that do you so there was a bit of debate about this that whether or not it's actually a two film franchise because oh yes yeah right i do have a bit of information about this oh okay well then you lied to me (laughs) well i didn't know this is what you're talking about (laughs) yes so well do you want to explain it then you probably have better info than i do there is a movie called trading places that's also a john landis eddie murphy team up team up from 1983 uh and in uh that movie eddie murphy's character is responsible for the bankruptcy of these two like wall street guys played by ralph bellamy and don amesh and these the actors reprise their roles as two homeless men in coming to america which seems to somewhat imply that they're set in the same universe what do you think yeah i mean people it's it's a fun little cameo it's not it doesn't mean trading places as part of the franchise i'm sorry but then i did just see on the coming to america page that colin jost's character is a descendant of the duke brothers from uh trading right. places apparently right well that makes sense um yeah i mean what do we even call an episode that's trading places and coming to yeah. America and coming to America? So that's my main <laughs> yeah. reason for not wanting to include it. Yeah, um, I, I just don't think it counts, personally. This is also going to be a very short episode, I'm sensing. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, we're only got... at 30 minutes and like five minutes of that was you on a call, so... <laughs> um, during a break this is for this is dumb imdb trivia so of course i've only got it for the second film that um if imdb trivia is user submitted so a lot of it's dumb here's a piece from coming to america during a break in filming bad boys for life (laughs) 2020 in an adjacent lot at tyler perry studios will smith and martin lawrence visited eddie murphy and wesley snipes to pay their respects (laughs) because they died yeah, it's such a strange way to put it. Yeah. Right? To these equally famous men paid their respects to each other. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think I think it's interesting though that this is, you know, obviously related to our last franchise, but it's also like on the Bad Boys episode, didn't we talk about Fast and Fur- Too Fast Too Furious was happening like across yeah, the bay yeah, yeah. from Bad Boys 2. So now this this was happening across the bay from um Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. <laughs> We talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Um, oh, and this is a doozy. I don't, I don't have too much to say about coming to America, other than is it supposed to be a rude joke? Is it, is that, is it coming, coming because it's sort of like a sex comedy? What do you reckon? Yeah, no. Surely it's too much of a reach, but at the same time, shouldn't it be called going to America? Mm. And on top of that, is Royal Oats not a better title for this? Mm, they talk cool. about sowing your Royal Oats. Mm. And if you release a movie called Royal Oats, I feel like people would immediately understand what that means, yeah. you know? What What do you think of the sequel title? Coming to America. Yeah. I, I enjoy the novelty of them having uh, phonetically the same title yeah. and confusing people. Not a big fan of Coming to America, but I quite like Coming to America. <laughs> yeah what do, what do you think it's one of those things it's like yeah it's annoying but it's also funny like mm. it's it's allowed to do it doesn't 2021 feel like quite late in the game to be doing a title like that mm. though like in a post driver three fantastic four world 
we're still doing like i mean i guess it's not exactly the same bad but, boys for life yeah well i mean it's the second one and it, this is the opposite problem it's, it's not really a problem yeah if the if this one was just called coming america <laughs> and then you would be like well the, the coming to america has got to be the first one mm. the second one why would it be the- <laughs> We have a segment on our show now called Meeting of the Elders, where we go over to Patreon. This is going to be our shortest uh, episode notes, in quite a long in time. Years. <laughs> well, we're busy. We're busy. I think. Well, it's I also think that, like, you know, I mean, how sh- think about the length of like your average podcast that you listen mm. to. They're not all of this, you know. We're we're, we're special. Mm. We're today today we're just giving you normal podcast length stuff. So, if you join the Cult Elder tier on Patreon, um, you can head over to our Discord where we have a special little chapter for uh, the Cult Elders where we get to go know your um, thoughts on uh, the franchise of the Fortnite. Our first message is from Bad Brent for Life who says, should have included trading places. Disagree. Fuck you, Brent. Fuck you. Do you want to read out the next comment there? Yeah, I was just need to get it up one second. And then I'll uh, load the webpage. <laughs> Then you'll come to America. <laughs> uh, all right. Cult elders. All right. Uh, Dan from Hawaii said, I've only seen the second film and I was not a fan. In fact, it was the film that broke me as I attempted to watch every single film nominated for an Oscar in 2022. I only had a few left and coming to America was such a slog for me as it felt really apparent. It was the kind of sequel that only works if you saw and liked the first entry. Would like my high key to be red. Jaw dropping costumes, primo production design. Seldom did I laugh. God, that's the new for sale baby shoes never wore. <laughs> like that. That's that for Hollywood. Uh, like putting all your money into one Hollywood. Seldom did I laugh. Project. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, Rocky Marciano ain't shit. Or uh, our friend Vincent um, said, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s role as boy getting haircut was transformative. Can't believe it was the same guy from Snow Dogs. Because, yes, Cuba Gooding Jr. does have a. a um, it's not really a cameo, but cameo. it's an extra. Well, it's, it's, it's a, he has a deleted scene, mm. but you've already got Cuba Gooding Jr., so it's like, well, all right. Um, he also said, just finished coming to America for the first time. Like the fact that Akeem came to America twice in the film. It earned that number two of the title. I did laugh at the one princess still barking because he, when he, in the first film, when he is betrothed to be wed to this other princess, who is the princess of Nextoria. So Nextoria is established in the first film. Um, he's, you know, testing her and being like, what movies do you like? And she's like, whatever movies you like. Yeah. And then he tells her to, to hop and bark like a dog. And we're led to believe in the sequel that she's been doing this for 30 something years. Um, also, good job at pointing out the dis- that distant sequels are bad right yeah there's a scene in the film where they discuss rotten papayas <laughs> and uh talk about how sequels are sequels never add anything to a film um did not stop this one from being reference being a reference filled sequel that just wanted you to remember how good the first one was now go to shrek 5 eddie a sequel i would want instead <laughs> and he said if you guys had to get a handy during a sporting event which would you choose because eddie murphy gets jacked off at a basketball game uh, well it's it's often said that baseball is america's pastime and i think i would like to be coming to america <laughs> uh, dan replied to this and said during one of those keep one hand on the car contests mm. 
because you know it's knocking out another existence yeah. potentially. Uh, and bad Brent for life said Mexican poker meeting adjourned. What would you? That is so. Um. Oh God, any of them. <laughs> God, I'm so desperate. So so many wonderful. I will sit through any sporting event. <laughs> Super twelve rugby, like around like a massive crowd and like yeah, like hype beyond belief. Um, that I do not share and am bored by. Mm, so that's the only way you to get you on board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, continue the franchise. So this is a segment where we pitch our own continuations of the franchise. But before we do that, there are a few other things that we need to talk about, including trading places, which we have talked about already. Uh, but in 1989, a pilot for a planned spin-off television series was made, although this was never picked up for series. The pilot went to like a showcase TV show that showcases like pilots that didn't get picked up, uh, and apparently it fucking sucks um and it, it explicitly it's not the same characters but it does reference eddie murphy a lot apparently right. um and shortly after the second film debuted on amazon tv eddie murphy stated that he has an idea for coming to america three but he has no intention of making it until he is 75 years old and he said, not made up to look 75. He wants to actually be 75. He's 50-something now. Um, as he believes he physically needs to be that age. Right. To, uh, not to just look through makeup effects for it to be credible. Uh, if he is going to be true to his word for this, this second sequel, it should come out in 2036 when his co-star Arsenio Hall will be 80 years old. Wow. So he's done his own one. Well, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Eddie. Is it called Coming Three America? Is the, this is the, is the question. thing, right? Yeah. This is the thing. What do you think? I yeah, I mean, I would have called the second one Coming to Zamunda. I feel like you want the uh the word America in the title. I feel like you change you change the other words. You don't change America. Going to America. Going going to America or or. Com- coming from America. Come- that's it. They'll be coming from America. Yeah. Yeah. What's your continue the franchise? Is it is it coming three America? I assumed it would be. So I yeah. I, I I I was going to say that. But <laughs> thank I, you for doing that for for me, Ha. <laughs> My um the only thing that I'm re- like I just want to see more McDowells. I want to see the founder, but about Mister McDowell, and it's like. He's it, it's it's like a shot for shot remake of the founder of the, the film about Ray Kroc starring Michael Keaton, but or it's even like take the founder and just add him into like add scenes with him in between of him indepe- independently <laughs> like, coming up with the uh, the ideas, <laughs> like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, yeah, the founder and McDowell's the founder. What's his, what's the character's name? The it's a race to find out his name. Cleo. Oh, yeah. Cleo McDowell. Yeah, it's it's the founder and Cleo McDowell. Nice. Nice. Well, my continuing the franchise is Into the Murphyverse, <laughs> uh, which is we get all of Eddie Murphy's characters from movies in which he plays multiple characters together. So I'm not talking every Eddie Murphy character. I'm talking like your Norbits, your Nutty Professors, your Clumps, <laughs> and your Coming to America characters. There's, get them there's all one together. other get- film you didn't mention, which is called Vampire in Brooklyn. Vampire in Brooklyn. That does not sound like an eddie murphy movie. yeah so there's like apparently there's only five movies where he plays multiple characters although i would call what is it meet dave that counts 
Yeah, but it's not the same game. Yeah. That's just he's playing... Now, that, that's not the same. That's not like putting on makeup to play other characters. Though. Okay, all right. Well, maybe it is. I can't remember. I don't know if I've seen Meet Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've, I've met Dave. <laughs> Who knows? What's, da- what's Dave even up to these days? That's the real question. Mm. He says, trying to stall a so that I, we can reach maybe 50 minutes for a reasonable length episode. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do it. I think this is probably going to be like 40 minutes long. I'm what time are we up to? I, I guess, Matt, should, we, should I just cut it then? Should I just end it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already said what the next franchise is going to be. It is going to be uh, Anchorman, and we've already recorded it weeks ago. Something we did, I think about this. We should have just released it. We, I don't like doing it out of order. This 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 podcast is often so much been about like it has like a linear progression of our lives. It feels strange to record an episode out of order mm. like that. You should put a um, put a, a put a dong on it an, 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 an intro before it, being like, "Hey, this is one um, you know we're." found in the vault <laughs> okay found it in the vault um but yeah so tune in next week for anchorman and if you would like to or next fortnight for anchorman um if you would like to um support us on all the places sorry for the short episode folks we're both incredibly busy so it was a, it was a bit of a struggle to even get this one out well i think what um, i'll remember most is the laughter mm, that's true um yeah you can follow us on instagram and twitter at cult popshire you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash cult popshire or you can join our discord which there is a link to in the show notes stay safe out there everybody look after my baby boy when he comes to america <laughs> to see you um and yeah what are you gonna sow your royal oats over there uh i or might just do. your quaker your quaker's oats an american oat company <laughs> <laughs> Out. Stay tuned for the post-credits scene which is coming at you after this music, music ends. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in America. Welcome along to the post-credits scene, everybody. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about and this is the post-credits scene. Richard, there should be one queued up for you from someone named holly yeah there is i was like wow this is so like but okay hi uh, holly <laughs> says hi aj and richard i joined the five dollar patreon tier just to submit this post credit scene question i hope this one gets picked because the fmk question you answer in the bad boys episode indicates that you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for this segment i know this is a <laughs> long question however it'll make for an interesting conversation and help to pad out the coming to america episode yay <laughs> My question is as follows. I loved your continue the franchise for Bad Boys, which would allow Dana Carvey and John Lovitz to show off their comedic acting skills while treating the audience to some exciting action sequences. It would also provide Dana Carvey with some much-needed acting work since he was abandoned by Hollywood after the poor box office reception and uh, poor box office performance and critical reception of The Master of Disguise. I think The Master of Disguise was a fine turn-your-brain-off comedy for its time and that the movie deserves a re-evaluation. Not a Jennifer's Body-style re-evaluation, more like Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. In your opinion, what movie or TV show most deserves to be re-evaluated in 2022? Please don't mention my last name in the episode. I couldn't if I wanted to. I don't have it. Uh, while I loudly and consistently advocate for the master disguise amongst friends, I do not wish this stance to be attached to me in, in the public sphere. However, I do want you to mention the master of disguise in a feeble attempt to improve its contemporary standing. Best Holly, no last name given. 
Difficult question for me because the only time I've ever seen Master of Disguise is when I just unironically found it hilarious when I was like eight or nine. Then it disappeared from mm. my mind. I never thought about it again until maybe like 2015 when mm. someone, you know, so like I remember it being a pretty funny <laughs> comedy, for, like dumb comedy, but apparently it's garbage. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, my, I've never actually seen Master of Disguise. But mm. I will say, do you know the the one really interesting fact about Master of Disguise? It has possibly the rarest Rotten Tomatoes score, I think. Oh. What do you think it is? It's two? It's 1%. Right. So that means it has to have over 100 reviews and right. only 1% of them are good. Because most films that are, you know, generally considered this bad don't have... Um, enough reviews to even get to make it possible to have one percent if one of them's good. Um, or mm. you know, in a, in a group of a hundred critics, more than one finds it good. I think there's actually only like a maybe a dozen films, if that, that have one percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I mean, we know who was the one percent of critics that gave it a good score. Holly it was ho- Holly Lo- no last name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Holly go lightly. Holly no last name. <laughs> What, what, yeah, do you have any media that you think needs a critical reevaluation? I wish I did, I tell you. But, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I only like good films, so it's, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, I did a video essay a couple of years back on the 2005 Bewitched movie, and I don't know if I'd say it needs a critical evaluation. I just thought it was like a smarter movie than maybe people thought it was i mean we've talked about josie and the pussycats a thousand times in regards to this that it has a poor critic um review score because they didn't get it so i think think that's probably the the one i would point to for something that needs a critical reevaluation. yeah i mean that's um a lot of them it's like just getting it seen by more people Mm. um tv show there's a show called all aussie adventures that i really like <laughs> is that was that received poorly though or I is that know. just it's just like, un- yeah, like that's, that's the about. thing that's like i feel like this could be huge but it's just underseen mm. people don't hate it as yeah. far as i'm aware but they just don't know about it go check out all aussie adventures it is fucking hilarious it's like a survival show in the outback of australia and it's just like it's a slapstick comedy but the like the parody voiceover for like the documentary is just so well written it's hilarious i think cult popsha needs a critical reevaluation cult popsha needs a critical reevaluation um people need to think it's bad oh uh, yeah we've got too many fans i'm drowning <laughs> I mean, in playstation 5s fucking james bond needs we're talking the other way james bond needs a critical reevaluation sean connery needs a critical reevaluation i feel like on this podcast we have given a lot of meat to the bone of uh, do you give meat to a bone no you take meat from a bone (laughs) yeah i've been reversing (laughs) the image of someone (laughs) eating um like like i feel like that's one of our our biggest strengths as a show is that we we take beloved things from and we're not afraid to say that they suck 
but we're not though. Like legitimately, that's mm. I think what's what's captivating. I've had people, I've had people tell me that they they really appreciate, like for example, our James Bond episode and and stuff. And I think what gives us credence is it's not a hard and fast rule to hate everything that's old because we'll watch something old and we might like, like it. Um, or, or um, what was I messaged about recently? Planet of the Apes. Mm. A lot of I, I had someone reach out to me to say so like so worried to listen to this episode yeah. but you loved it as much as i did and so yeah yeah 